You're tuned in to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Before we get started, click the subscribe button wherever you may be listening so you never miss an episode. Okay, back to business. Today, I thought I'd bring up, like, one of the oldest debates. Are leaders born or are leaders made? Forewarning, I am picking a side, so... I hope you got your side because I, I, got, I got mine right now. In my opinion, leaders are made. Yes, you could be born with the qualities of a leader like courage and confidence, but you're absolutely nothing without real life experience. A great leader needs to observe, they need to learn, and they need to practice skills over and over. A great leader constantly challenges themselves and throws themselves into vulnerable situations just to grow as a person. A great leader exercises these actions on a daily basis. And today's guest is truly a great leader. Rocky Romanella is currently the founder, president, and CEO of 360 Management Services, LLC, a complete management service company with seasoned professionals focused on thought leadership, leadership development, and process improvement. He's also a keynote speaker and the author of the book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. In addition, Rocky served as CEO and director of Unitech Global Services and spent 36 years at UPS. During that time at UPS, Rocky served as the president and general manager of UPS Supply Chain Solutions. Every role he took, every ladder he climbed, every obstacle he faced contributed to his success as a great leader. Rocky Romanella, welcome to the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Well, it's a pleasure to be on your show, and it's the first time I've ever been called an ambassador, so I'm pretty excited. I'm a little <laughs> nervous, to tell you the truth. It's okay. Trust me, you're, you, you're like an ambassador for everybody who wants to like you know achieve dreams and become a successful leader, so that's in itself. Remember that. Well, okay. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind. All right. That's, that's, my, uh, that's my energy and enthusiasm is going to be, okay, I got that responsibility. I'm ready to go. <laughs> For sure. So do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved before even writing your book, Tighten the Lug Nuts, because we're definitely going to get to that in today's episode. Well, I had an over 40-year career. Uh, 36 of it was at UPS. I started unloading trailers as a part-timer, working my way through college. I went to St. John's University in Staten Island, working my way through school. And uh, they had a promotion phone within policy, which I took advantage of. And as I was growing and developing inside of UPS. We were moving across the country. We moved nine times with UPS. So with four kids in tow. So we had some adventures along the way, some exciting times, but uh, some great opportunities. And when I started at UPS, my dad, uh, who has since passed, told me two things. He said, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you, and then learn your job and learn some more. And those two those two things that he told me has, has stuck with me throughout my whole career. And the biggest lesson I learned through that, through that experience was that there were many times that I maybe didn't feel I was ready for that next promotion, but UPS believed in Rocky Romanello before Rocky Romanello believed in Rocky Romanello. And I think that that was a lesson for me that as a leader, you're going to have to believe in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. And you kind of bridge that gap of confidence and knowledge and you bridge that gap for them. And then at some point there's that break even point. And then at some point you step back and you let them fly. So a great career, did some interesting things at UPS quickly. Uh, we purchased mailboxes, et cetera. We branded to the UPS store. I had the responsibility uh, to have that as a direct report and made the recommendation to rebrand. 
And then uh, we purchased over 20 companies to build what's today UPS Supply Chain Solutions and ran this side of the world for UPS, retired from UPS uh, 55, 36 years, and then was recruited to be a CEO of a telecom company. We built cell towers, upgraded cell towers. Actually, we were part of the 3G to 4G, had a sale there, and then uh, then started my own company, 360 Management Services. So I guess you could say my biggest failure is retirement. <laughs> Yeah, because you're not chilling at home. It doesn't sound like you're just kicking back, relaxing, or even vacationing in Florida and being a snowbird. You're just you just keep working. Wow, because first of all, the first time I retired, I looked at my wife Debbie, who's been such a great uh, you know great you know part of my life and such a big influence in my adult life. I looked at her, and I said, "Hey, so what are we doing today?" And she looked at me because I don't know what you're doing, but for 36 years I haven't seen you. So you're not following me around ShopRite. So I'd go find something to do if I were you. Yeah, you need to find a hobby, but I guess you made your hobby actual work in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Now, how did you end up writing your book, uh, Tighten the Lug Nuts? What was the whole story behind that? Well, so I always believe that leadership is about this concept of legacy. Do you leave things a little better than you found them? Are people better because of their time with you? Are your customers better because of their interaction with your company? And so for me, the book was a little bit of that legacy. Can I leave some of the stories that and some of the uh, lessons that I learned along the way? Can I leave it in a book and you know have a little fun in writing the book and tell some stories in the book? But but maybe leave things a little better through the stories and the lessons that I learned and the wonderful people I met along the way. And I think secondly, it was a way for me to say thanks to my dad, who was such an important influence in my life growing up, and certainly to my wife Debbie, who's been such a huge influence in my adult life. And I thought this would be a great way to maybe kind of say thank you to them through the stories I tell and then some lessons along the way. So for me, I think that was the kind of the emphasis behind the book. What do you think is one of the most important lessons that the readers can take away after reading your book? Well, for me, one of the most important lessons is what my dad, you know, one of the other things, second things he looked at me one day and said, Hey, it's what you do when no one's watching that counts. And I kind of looked at him and said, hey, dad, you know, you kind of just ruined it. No one's watching. You know what I mean? And yes, he looked like you're at not me. supposed to see me. Where am yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, right. Come on, dad. And he looked at me. He said, there's always two people watching. He said, the man upstairs and the person looking in the mirror. And that always stuck with me. And I think that's such an important, you know, kind of valuable thing to think about in this kind of concept of legacy as well is that, you know, you have to be able to look in the mirror in every day and know that you did the best job you could. You may not have succeeded in everything you tried to do. You may not have, you know, achieved all the results you wanted, but you gave it everything you got. And so for me, that was so important. And I think that's one of the valuable lessons for all of us is, you know, do we leave things a little better than we found them? Do we give it our all? And, and are things better because of the things that we do? And through all of your experience in like, you know, life, work, family, and even this book, what advice do you have for individuals who are trying to strive to be a leader in their offices or even in their communities? Well, first I start with the concept that we're all leaders at one time or another. I think sometimes the problem is people get caught up in titles, you know, CEO, manager, and they think that's what makes a leader. And that's not true at all. We're all leaders at one time or another. I mean, individual contributors are excellent leaders because you know, they say, well, I don't really, you know, have anybody reporting to me. So I'm not a leader. That's not true. People come to you. They talk to you. They see how you do your job. They learn from the things you do. So because of that, we're all leaders at one time or another. And I'll give you a quick example. As I'm doing a keynote speech, I'll often ask, hey, is, do you, who knows who their, you know, local politician is or their state representative? And most people won't know that answer. But if I ask the question, 
Who's the teacher that made a difference in your life? Everybody raises their hand. Miss so-and-so in fifth grade, Mr. So-and-so in sixth grade. So by that extension, teachers are leaders because they make a difference in people's lives. They leave a legacy. And so for me, I tell people as they're beginning their journey, I always say to them, think of the word you want someone to use to describe you at the end of your journey. So what's that word? And people always come up with, you know, what they think are interesting, cool words, you know, aggressive, energetic, successful. So for me, the word was thoughtful. I wanted to be considered a thoughtful leader. And as you pick that word, that's going to be at the end of your career, as you're walking through, as you're working through your career, you're kind of building that mosaic to that word. And that becomes your legacy and that becomes your brand. And do you suggest setting up little goals as you go along too, not just, you know, striving for like that big picture? Well, I, I think what I think as you're just, as you're thinking about your journey, I think the destination is going to take you a while to get there and it's going to take some time to get there, but you're building, you know, you're building your brand, you're building your brand identity, you're building your brand promise as you're navigating your way through that journey. And so that at the end becomes you. Now I'm sitting here at the, you know, you know, after 40 years of being in business and kind of looking back and you're thinking to yourself, you know, was I always thoughtful? Did I do the things I said I was going to do? That was I true to myself and my brand? And sure, you make mistakes along the way and, and it may not always go the way you want, but you can look back and say, you know what? Nobody ever outworked me. I gave it everything I had, you know, I maybe didn't achieve all the success I would have liked to achieve, but I left nothing on the table and I did every, you know, I tried the best I could. And I think those are the kinds of things you start to think about as you start the journey. And I think, unfortunately, people think too much of, oh, I want to be this, or I'd like to be this, or I'd like to be the most successful of that. I think those things come by the way you conduct yourself and the, and the way you carry yourself and the things that you do to get there. So I'm gonna, I may ask you like a controversial question, it's a very big debate, but, so do you think a leader is born or made? Because I think that leaders are made because of all the life experiences and everything that you go through, but I kind of want to hear what you have to say. Well, I actually, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I went to college to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach. Oh, look and at so you now. If you think about it, yeah. So, and what happened was, as I was working part-time through, through UPS, I noticed that the best leaders were those leaders who could get their people to connect the dots and they were really coaching and teaching. And so I never gave up my teaching passion. You know, my classroom just changed from the traditional classroom to the work environment where I got the chance to coach, teach and mentor. And so I think that I think teach, I think that leaders are, you know, kind of developed, they're made. Uh, and, and we all have our different styles. As I said, there's individual contributors. There's people who like to lead, lead large groups. There's people who are more charismatic than others. But ultimately, it's the results that you achieve and your ability to influence others. And as I always say, leave things a little better than you found them. Oh, and I agree. I, I, I love that you keep repeating that just because it's so important to get that instilled in the listeners and everybody's head. So the more it's like, you know, the practice makes perfect. The more you hear it, the more you believe it, the more maybe you'll tell yourself that when you wake up and look in the mirror every morning. Well, and I think you think about the point of where I'm at right now. I'm, you know, I'm not running a, a company or complex situation inside of you know, UPS when I was in inside of UPS, but I still would like to believe I'm making a difference and I'm influencing through either my keynote speaking or leadership training or some of the, 
the consulting that we're doing. But but as a grandparent, I mean, I you know I tell people all the time, I had some great titles, none better than grandpa. <laughs> and so and so if you think about it, there's an influence that you have with your family, with your friends, and those around you. Maybe some mentoring that you do. But because you don't have anybody directly reporting to you, doesn't mean you're not a leader or you're not a person that can make a difference. So that's why I believe we're all leaders. And I think sometimes people get too caught up in, you know, a position or a title or things that happen that say, well, okay, because you have people reporting to you, you hear that all the time in the job setting. Well, you have nobody reporting to you, therefore you're, we can't, you know, you certainly can't be a manager if you have nobody reporting to you. And you just scratch your head, you're thinking, well, that individual may have more contributions inside our organization than anyone else. True, like they're holding a lot of weight when they don't have a team and they're just, you know, working by themselves. Right. Now I have to ask, you coined the term Titan the lug nuts. What does that mean? Well, so each chapter of the book is sort of a lesson in a, within a content of a context of a story, and each story is something that happened to me along the way or a lesson that I learned. And so, Titan the lug nuts is one of the chapters, and it's a lesson. And I'll, I won't take away too much from the whole story, but simply put, when the lug nuts are loose, if I'm walking down the line and I see some loose lug nuts on a vehicle, they're loose at that time. They're very important, and easily I can go over and tighten them within a few minutes. But I get distracted. Something else comes up. Someone tells me, "Hey, I've got this more important job for you." And now, all of a sudden, because of this distraction, I don't tighten the lug nuts. I move on to something else. And now, all of a sudden, a few days later, we have an issue with the front wheel. So now, all of a sudden, what was important becomes urgent. So people get overwhelmed. They can only handle so many urgent things. So don't allow important things to become urgent. Tighten the lug nuts. Ah. Uh. I feel like you sound like my fiance because I feel he tells me that, but not in that exact phrase. So I'm going to totally go home to him today and be like, you know what I learned today? Everything you've been uh, telling me, we'll just use the phrase, tighten the lug nuts first. Oh, absolutely. It's funny. People who know me now and have read the book will send me notes and like, hey, no loose lug nuts here. Or like the kids when I'll do, uh, you know, a junior seniors in high school or junior seniors in college, I'll do a career day or whatever. And Yeah, I saw a couple of them at Starbucks before. We were all kind of quarantined. They're like, "Hey, Mr. R, no loose lug nuts here. Good job. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you." So it's really that whole concept of don't allow important things to become urgent. And as you know, happens all the time. You know, one of the most frequent loose lug nuts is email. Someone sends you an email. You know, you don't follow up on it. You don't read it, or you put it off to the side. Next thing you know, is thirty, forty, fifty of them come up the next day, and now all of a sudden. That becomes a loose lug nut. That a week from now, your boss says to you, "Hey, stop everything else. I need what I need what I, I need what I asked you for in that email." And what do you say?、Oh, I can't believe it. I got no luck. Nothing ever goes my way. I'm always off a plan. Well, tighten the lug nuts. <laughs> Pretty much, you said it right there. What was、yeah. your actual in your life? What was your aha moment? Like the moment that you realized. Wow! Everything that I was doing, like all those advice, like your dad said, never say no. Always say yes to the job opportunities that you have. Well, for me, my my aha moment was, you know, as a kid growing up, I, I grew up in Jersey,、uh, and then、uh, our big vacation at the time, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so we weren't going to Disney or those places. But we went to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and visited Her- the Hershey factory. And in those days, you actually walk through the Hershey factory, and you. The, the, them making chocolate was kind of under glass, and it was such a cool experience as a kid. And you know, and as a kid growing up, the experience was cool because you saw them making the chocolate and the kisses、yeah. and all those kind of things. But 
later on in my adult life, my aha moment was I was walking through one of my facilities in Chicago and I stopped and I thought, wow, think about the, the confidence Disney had to have in its, not Disney, Hershey had to have in its people that you could walk through that facility at any time and see them making the chocolate. And I looked around my facility and I thought, if one of my customers walked in here unannounced, would they ever ship a package again? True. And I so from that, that, from that moment forward, I started challenging myself to create my own Hershey factory. You know, could my customers come in at any time? You know, the old adage is you don't walk through the kitchen, right? Yeah, if you ever walk through the kitchen in a restaurant, you may never eat there again. Yep. Well, in my in my world, it's the opposite. You would always walk through a kitchen because that's your Hershey factory. Mm -hmm. And so I challenged myself and the people in my care who reported to me that I always said, hey, look, you got to create your own Hershey factory. Your customers should be able to walk in here at any time. And that, if you think about it, that's what it's how you conduct yourself as a leader. It's how you conduct yourself as a company. It's, you know, think about when someone says, hey, can you give me a reference? And someone says to you, oh, yeah, I can give you a reference. Call this person on this day at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, really? Should I just be able to call any of your references? <laughs> Not like so the exact you, time. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you think about it, so for me, it was this Hershey factory concept of, you know, at any time, you know, people can walk in your business. They could talk to you at any time. You conduct yourself in that professional way all the time because you're the Hershey factory, you know, and people are coming in to visit your Hershey factory all the time. That kind of brings me back to when your dad said that everybody is always watching. Like somebody's always watching, you never know. So you kind of always have to like, you know, be on point, especially in the businesses too, because of customer service. Like if somebody walked in and they didn't like it, especially now, what are they taking a picture and posting it on Twitter? It's like, uh, maybe I should have, you know, paid a little bit more attention to everything inside. You know, it's funny, a couple of weeks ago, we were, we ran into the store to get some stuff. And of course, you know, you got the bottles of water, you know, the, the case of whatever it is on the bottom, right? So we're coming out of, coming out of the store. And I realized that she never scanned the water bottle. So we're going to the car and the kids are like, God, oh, it's never scanned the water. And the kids look at me like, really dad? I'm like, Hey, somebody's always watching. I'm going yeah. back. <laughs> so the kids are like, man, I guess it's, it's always somebody watching. Yeah. You could have saved the $4. Yeah. You know, that's what they're looking at. You're like, come on, how many times? Hey, 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 hey. I got to look in the mirror tonight. No way. Yeah. Because you never, you never know when it's like going to come right back at you. It's like, oh, well, maybe if I shouldn't have done that, this well, wouldn't don't, have happened. Don't forget, though, I was brought up Italian Catholic. So I'm the guy who people are like, I can't believe you're not eating meat on Friday. I say, hey, look, think about it this way, right? Some someday when I get up there, you know, guy, somebody's in there for for murder. Somebody's in there for stealing. I'm not going to be in there because I ate a cheeseburger on a Friday. I'm following the rules, you know. Yeah, no, I totally get you. Actually, during Lent this time, some of my friends called like, "You're making sure you're not eating meat today." I was like, "Uh, I forgot." But thank you for reminding me. Forgot today was Friday, friends. Thanks so much. I know. My, I mean, Debbie was saying to me during Friday, during this, you know, this whole pandemic, she's like. You know, Pope said it's okay. I go, hey, look, I got nothing. I, I believe him. But you know what? I ain't taking no chances. This yeah. is no way. You're sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. So, Rocky, when it does come to leadership, you put a majority of your stock in the customer. Why is that? Well, see, I think the customer, you know, I think sometimes we think about the customer as, you know, the external customer, which certainly it is, especially, you know, as you own a business. But I also think we sometimes lose sight of the, there's that, that internal customer and that's how we treat each other. Oh, yeah. And so if you're sitting inside, for example, if you're in operations and you're dealing with the accounting function or the sales function, those are internal customers to each other. 
And I think that you have to look at it that way because when you do, you start to treat each other with dignity and respect. You follow up on the things you're supposed to follow up the same way you would do with an external customer. So for me, we're all customers to each other. And then we're all cut. And then of course we have our external customers that we're doing business with. And so for me, the customer then becomes that focus because it, it's our people internally to each other. And it's also our external customers. And that's why the customer becomes such an important part of all that I do and talk about, because I think it's treating each other with dignity and respect. It's not having loose lug nuts with your internal customers uh, because you're focused on your external customers. Each of them are your customers. Now with your, with your company, 360 Management Services, what services do you provide to individuals who are looking out for that? Well, we have three legs of our stool at 360 and we tried to kind of capitalize on our years of experience. And so we have a keynote speaking piece, which I do the keynote speaking. Mm -hmm. We have various topics. We balance leadership, why values matter, you know, uh, creating world-class teams, just to name a few. And then we have a leadership training kind of leg of our stool. And then there's uh, our process improvement consulting. We do, we, uh, we run usually three to five engagements. We love working with small business owners. I mean, they're the backbone of, of the of the economy i I, re, I learned so much from my tenure at ups when i had the ups store as a direct responsibility and the ups store is one of the unique franchise organizations that 100 percent franchisee owned so i got the opportunity to work with some of the greatest entrepreneurs and frankly my respect for them is unbelievable i don't think i could do what they do or do, do as they did it right think about it an entrepreneur takes everything they own in life slides it across the table and then, you know, they're all in. Yeah, when you work for a large corporation like I did, I mean, yeah, I mean, you had P&L responsibility and you had, you had, you were being held accountable for results. But think about an entrepreneur. They hit the cash register at night, draw opens, they pay their people, they pay their vendors. And what's left in that cash register is what they take home for their family. And that's such a genuine commitment. And, and I have so much respect for that. And so for me, I learned so much from them. And so, in this uh, phase of my life now, after you know the two roles I had at UPS and then at Unitech, I felt like I, I wanted I wanted to try this entrepreneur spirit and try to you know look. I certainly am not like them. I mean, I, I don't pretend to be, and, and you know I, the things that they do are amazing to me. But I felt like you know if I could start my own business and give back through the keynote speaking, through the leadership training, and through the you know process improvement consulting and then the book would kind of tie it all together as lessons learned I, I i felt like at least i was giving back and everything is at 360managementservices.com that's three like the number three like you could just write that out 60 xix uh, s-i-x-t-y managementservices.com feel free to like them on facebook and instagram too at 360 management services you can give them a call at 610 322-0720. And to grab a copy of Rocky's book, Tighten the Lug Nuts, you can head to tightenthelugnuts.com. Uh, Rocky, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there any last minute advice you'd like to give to the future leaders of America? Yeah, as, as a leader, I, I think people have to understand that it's never about you as the leader. It's always about your people. And the minute you make it about yourself, you really start to lose your people and you really start to lose that ability to motivate them and really challenging them to not stop at that first right answer. And I think that's the mistake leaders make all the time. You know, you're sitting in a meeting and somebody will say to you, oh, you don't know how tough I got it. Even now, as you watch some of these news conferences and press conferences from mayors and governors, 
you know, they almost kind of have that look on their face like, oh, you don't know what I, you don't know what it's like and the decisions I have to make. Well, you know what? There's people out there losing loved ones. There's people out there that are suffering. There's people out there that are trying to put food on the table. Have a little bit of empathy. And I think that that's one of the things that really define you as a person and as a leader. Do you have empathy? Do you lead with empathy? You know, do you have that caringness about you? And do you not make it about yourself? And so that would be my my parting thoughts. It's never about you. It's always about your people and those people in your care. Well, I can't top that. So we're just going to end it there. <laughs> this is the latest episode of the Brand Ambassador Select Podcast. Rocky Romanella, thank you again so much for joining us today. Again, you can reach out to him at 360managementservices.com. His book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. Go grab a copy. I'm your host, Lenora, and see you back for another episode.